better call somebody. He calls it like he sees it. I'm not a homer. The best in the league just happens to be here. You can call him whatever you want. Marquez, Marquise. Marquise, why do Marquise work at WDUZ? Quiz no. Call him up or call him out. Marcus, I can just feel you chomping at the bit, buddy. If you want to talk sports, then you better call Ebersol. Live on Sports Radio 107.5 and 1400 The Fan. Billing in for Marcus Ebersol. We're calling up the backup. That's right, the backup. It is not Marcus Eversall today on this Black Friday edition of Better Call Eversall right here on Sports Radio 107.5 and 1400 The Fan. I'm Tony G sitting in. It's good to be back. It's been a while, quite a while, all too long since my voice has graced the fan wavelengths. If you recall, I was part of the Green Bay Game Day postgame show with Rookie before covid I was part of the fantasy show with Marcus and Big E, Eric Fisher. That was before COVID. I was part of Sportsline on Fridays with Chris and Harry. That was before COVID. So it's good to be back. It's been quite a while. Marcus Eversall again off today. He will be back on Monday. He was off on Wednesday as well. That was Eric Fisher and Chris Hobble for an hour. That was before the tip-off of Wisconsin Badgers basketball. Like I said, it's good to be back. I've been part of the fans since 2019, January. I started as the intern, worked towards a part-time employee here of the fan. Good to be back. Good to fill in. I appreciate everybody giving me this opportunity. And listen, just because Marcus isn't in today, that doesn't mean I don't know what I'm doing. I got you covered. We got two hours of sports coming up, a big weekend, and a big two days that Marcus has been off that we will be talking about today. So let's get right into it. I know how this goes. Let's get to the game plan on the fan. You want to start fast? It's all gas, no break. Here's the plan on the fan. All right. First, we're going to start previewing Packers Rams. That's going to be the big segment today. I know you want in on that. We'll open up the phone lines, get your thoughts on previewing the Green Bay Packers next game. 325 kickoff at Lambeau. The Green Bay Packers will host the Rams. We will start their preview. That'll be after the first break. Then we're going to talk NFL Thanksgiving football. I know you're going to want in on that as well. Three games full of action yesterday. And a couple headlines we'll be mentioning in the top stories from the last few days since the last episode of Better Call Eversol is aired. Also, hey, how about the Wisconsin Badgers basketball team winning the Maui Invitational Open, the tournament? What a three-day run for the Badgers, knocking off teams that the rest of the nation, Tony G included, thought the Badgers could not knock off. Started a little rocky, started rough. Then they got it ironed out. We'll get to that in hour number two. Also in hour number two, we'll revisit Rams Packers, get some more phone calls. Follow us on Twitter at WDUZ. Follow me on Twitter at Tony G Nation. Been talking all things sports for the last couple of days. Then to round out the show, Wisconsin sports into the weekend. Yes, Packers. Yes, Badgers basketball. How about Badgers football? Big axe game coming up with the Minnesota Gophers. Don't forget the Bucks in action, too. Two games this weekend. We'll get to all of that. But we can't get to all of that before we get to the top stories. Moving on to today's top stories and sports. The headline here is, I think, Nagy saves job for now. That's right. The last second Cairo Santos field goal gave the Chicago Bears the 16-14 win over the Detroit Lions in game number one of Thanksgiving football yesterday. Reports all week leading into that game that the Bears would be letting go head coach Matt Nagy prior 
to the weekend. One report in specific got very particular and said Friday morning, that would have been today, Matt Nagy will be let go of his head coaching job in Chicago. And as far as everybody here at the fan knows, including myself, Matt Nagy still employed by the Chicago Bears as of today. So that headline is fairly accurate. He does save his job for now. However, one of those reports said he lost the locker room, the Chicago Bears, the players and coaches, the rest are out on Matt Nagy. We'll see how that develops as this season continues to progress. Matt Nagy is 32-27 and 27 in his fourth season in Chicago, and this year has the worst offense out of all four of those years. 31st ranked. Matt Nagy, your job is safe for now. Next. Headline here is, the Sour Saints lose their fourth straight. You remember that New Orleans Saints team that completely devastated the Green Bay Packers in week one? They've now lost four straight. They're now five and six after losing to Buffalo in game number two of Thanksgiving football yesterday. 31 to six. Wasn't even a game. I mean, that offense is completely absent since Jameis Winston is out, tore his ACL a few weeks back. That offense is just abysmal. Everybody praises Sean Payton for the job he's done for the New Orleans Saints. And they thought it was going to be the same type of idea. And by they, I mean people praising the Saints as one of these better teams in the National Football League after that week one win against the Green Bay Packers. 38-3, that win in Jacksonville crazy stuff to see how this season has developed. Saints now 5-6, and six, lost four in a row. Next headline here. Cowboys slump in the Big Star State. Remember that former Green Bay Packer head coach Mike McCarthy? He finds himself in Dallas and they've lost yet again. Lost in Kansas City last week. Who can fault them? Kansas City's a hard place to win. Just ask Jordan Love. But then you come home. Thanksgiving. That's your baby. That is your day to win a football game and you lose in overtime to the Raiders who have had all sorts of troubles this year. Well, let's see if they can pick it up as this season keeps going. One last headline. Next. Headline here is Badgers Buck competition in Maui Invitational. See what I did there? Badgers Buck. Bucky Badgers. The Maui Invitational Tournament that is supposed to be held in Hawaii was held in Las Vegas and the Badgers Monday Get the 69-58 win over Texas A&M. They were down big. Tuesday, get the 65-63 narrow win over the 12-ranked Houston. And then Wednesday, back all that up with a 61-55 win over St. Mary's. More on that in our number two. Man, oh man. Look at the green, the, the Wisconsin Badgers, the Green Bay Packers, the Milwaukee Bucks even. Winning in Wisconsin. That's the plan on the fan. Quez has started off really hot. We're off and running live on Better Call Eversol. We indeed are off and running. Once again, want to thank everybody giving me this opportunity to sit in for Marcus Eversol on Better Call Eversol right here on the fan. Rams Packers in the next segment. Before we get to that, how about Thanksgiving football? I want to hone in on that Storyline that we had, Cowboys slump in the Big Star State. That is their baby, their Thanksgiving game. The Lions, too, but, I mean, they're the Lions. The Cowboys, that is their baby. They get the 325-330 game every single year on Thanksgiving at home. That is Dallas Cowboys football on Thanksgiving. And you show out like that. A Raiders team who has dealt with everything under the sun this season. John Gruden, we all know what happened to him. He's no longer there. Henry Ruggs, we all know that story. 
everything that they have dealt with. And you let them beat you in overtime. It's a it's a miracle that you even got it to overtime, to be honest with you, if you're the Dallas Cowboys. You've got to take lick your wounds and go where you may from there. But my goodness, you absolutely cannot let the Las Vegas Raiders come home to, to Dallas and beat you. The Cowboys 7-4 and four, still atop the NFC East, but we all know what the NFC East is like. Eagles 5-6, and six, Washington football team 4-6, and six, and the Giants 3-7. and seven. So, I mean, in hindsight, does it do the worst for you in terms of what's going to happen conference-wise in the NFC East? No, probably not. If you were in the NFC West, which we will be talking about very closely here as uh, the Rams head to Green Bay, they will play the Packers. We'll be looking at that conference pretty soon, that division. The NFC East is not the NFC West. It's not the NFC North. It's like the the college division of the NFL. And what I mean by that is <laughs> there's not the most Sunday players laced in that division. The Eagles have been playing well. It's hard to get a sense of who their identity is. Is Jalen Hurts good? Is he bad? It's a team that's under 500, but they're playing really good football as of late. The football team and the Giants are who they, are who they we thought they were, the football team and the Giants. But, I mean, it's served to you on a silver platter, this division. And you have the opportunity. You have a lot of talent all over the place. Dak Prescott is healthy. Ezekiel Elliott is healthy. C.D. Lamb, healthy, for the most part. A defense with who everybody in sports media is calling the defensive rookie of the year in Micah Parsons. You have talent all over the place. And still, you find ways to lose time and time again. You find ways to not get a win on Thanksgiving. I've said it before. I'll say it again. A game, a day that is your baby if you are the Dallas Cowboys. That is your day. You are the one game on at that particular time. A day with three football games. They're all aired individually, however. The entire nation, it's a tradition to watch football. And for the last couple of decades, it's been a tradition to watch Cowboys football in that afternoon slot on Thanksgiving. The whole nation watching you on your day. And you find a way to lose it. Granted, the Raiders played well. I mean, they have a lot of heart. I love Derek Carr. He is a guy who has dealt with everything in stride and said all the right things and still manages to find himself on a losing football team. You got you have to tip your hat to the Raiders. They did their job yesterday. They went into Dallas, knocked off the Cowboys, a Cowboy team who should be ashamed of themselves, if I'm being honest with you. They should be ashamed. Lost two games, lost back-to-back games, had the Dallas Cowboys don't look now the red-hot Philadelphia Eagles. I say red-hot as a 5-16. and 16. They've won their last two. Two-game win streak for the Eagles, two-game losing streak for the Cowboys. If those two games are different, say the Cowboys win two, the Eagles lose their last two, the Cowboys are running away with this division and still in the hunt for that number one spot in the NFC, in the entire conference. Shame on you, Dallas. How about the time management as well? Mike McCarthy doing this thing where he thinks Greg Zerline is going to make this 60-yarder. He's done that two, three times this season. 
what are you looking for if you're Mike McCarthy? What are you <laughs> what are you doing? And listen, I don't want to bag on the guy. Of course, being in this Green Bay market that we are in, the fan did great things for Green Bay for the Packers. It's hard not to respect him for all he did and wishing him luck in his future endeavors, which he finds himself now at the Dallas Cowboys. There's just some things that are questionable, though, and some things that never change. How about the idea that Mike McCarthy and time management still don't go hand in hand? Hey, this is Better Call Eversol. Tony G sitting in for Marcus Eversol today. We will preview Packers, Rams coming up next after the break. Better Call Eversol on the fam. This is Better Call Eversol, live on Sports Radio 1075 and 1400, The Fan. No Marcus Eversol today. Tony G sitting in for him. Once again, I said it in segment number one. Appreciate everybody giving him this opportunity. Really look forward to making everybody, including Fan Nation, proud. Better Call Eversol. That weather into the weekend, currently 25 degrees. Saturday, high of 28, low of 24, partly cloudy. But I know we are all worried about Sunday. High of 35, cloudy. Going to be 32 degrees at kickoff for Packers-Rams, which is the perfect segue to our next segment. The Green Bay Packers will host the Los Angeles Rams Rams 7-3, Packers 8-3, 3-25 Central Time kickoff. Don't forget Green Bay game day pre- and post-game right here on the fan. Packers coming off a loss in Minnesota, 34-31, that close, close game. And the Rams coming in off a bye, but also have a two-game losing streak under their resume for this season, 31-10 at 49ers. And before that, a 28-16 loss versus the Titans at home. They just haven't looked right the last couple of weeks. We'll see if this by week helps them. Going to be windy as well. 32 degrees at kickoff, as I mentioned, for Packers-Rams. Let's get into it. Let's preview this. Got some audio here on the Packers' side. The main story is that the Green Bay Packers are just plagued by injuries. My goodness. You feel for some of these players, from Robert Tunyon to, as most recently, Elton Jenkins. You feel... For Rashawn Gary, you feel for Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Man, oh man, it's just every week. Every week someone goes down with this big injury, and it's not like, uh, oh, he sprained his ankle or fell on his elbow wrong, and, and he's going to miss a quarter or two. These are some serious injuries. Jenkins out for the year ACL. Robert Tunyon out for the year ACL. Whitney Merciless. Torn biceps. That was the B.J. Raji injury from a few years ago. You feel for some of these guys, as of most recently, as I've mentioned, Elton Jenkins. But the big one is Aaron Rodgers. Where did this whole thing come from? None, No injury bigger than this one. All serious and important, of course, but none bigger than Aaron Rodgers. Where did this whole thing come from? And can it go away already? Aaron Rodgers got some audio here. He says... It's not COVID toe. This report, I didn't even know what this was until this whole Aaron Rodgers thing came around. COVID toe. I, I don't know. What? Aaron Rodgers said, no. Classic case of misinformation. Must be a bone issue. I can't believe I have to, again, come on here and 
talk about my medical information, but yeah, I have a fractured toe. I've never heard of COVID toe before. I have no lesions on my feet. Uh, that's just a classic case of disinformation. It's surprising coming from what used to be a reputable uh, journalistic institution, but um, that's, that's the world we live in these days. So there you have it. He says it's not COVID toe. And whatever this toe injury is, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur says Rodgers will fight through it. I think he is um, as tough as they come, and I think he will fight through this thing. I hope so. I certainly hope so. Everybody says after that Jordan Love game in Kansas City, oh my goodness, he might not be the future after all. And I don't know about the future. I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what's going to happen with Jordan Love. But Jordan Love making his first start in Kansas City, one of the hardest places to play, loudest places to play and you expect them to go on the road and beat the Kansas City Chiefs who are a few years removed from a Super Bowl win and a year removed from a Super Bowl loss and you want Jordan Love to go in there and win on his first start I get winning is the expectation but at what point do we give some leeway to that young stud in Jordan Love and again this isn't about the future. This isn't Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. Just wanted to say my piece while I had the opportunity to as we preview Packers-Rams. This is a Rams team with a good defense. And you hope that Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy through this game. He said after, I don't have the audio pulled up, but he said after that Minnesota loss that his toe was really bothering him. It was fine going into the game, then it got stepped on early in that fourth quarter. Or excuse me, that first quarter. And then he went into the locker room early at halftime with the trainer. If you remember, if you were watching that game, he was kind of standing in the tunnel watching as the few final seconds unfolded in that game on Sunday. So you hope that he can stay healthy. Good pass rushers all over the place for the Rams. You throw Von Miller in that mix, who they just signed this year, and that is a pretty scary defense, not to mention Aaron Donald, who is the defensive player of the year for the last five years or something like that. Defensive player of the <laughs> of the decade, really, if you think about it. And a good secondary as well to boot with a beat-up wide receiving core as well. Devontae Adams missed a game this year. That wasn't due to injury. That was due to COVID. But Alan Lazard also found himself injured, wasn't in the game on Sunday against the Vikings. MVS and EQ had to pick up the slack, and we also have audio that we'll be hearing on Matt LaFleur speak on these wide receivers stepping up in hour number two. So when you think of all the injuries that the Packers have and you preview this game against the Rams, you think, oh man, this is a scary one. Not to mention you want Rodgers to stay healthy. That's the goal. But can this offensive line block? It's a, it's a good offensive line. I mean, this is a, you have to give them credit. Nobody talks about how good of an offensive line the Packers have. Through injuries, through inexperience, they have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. And you need them to step That is your lifeline, protecting Aaron Rodgers. It always is, but especially now more than ever with this toe thing that again came out of nowhere. And can it go away already? Other injuries to mention. Aaron Jones. Oh, my goodness. Where did this one come? Injury after injury after injury. Aaron Jones also finds himself on the list. Matt LaFleur, this is just from earlier this week, talking about Aaron Jones' update. We'll see. We'll see if he'll play on Sunday. Uh, I think there's definitely a chance, um, but we'll, we'll 
see where he is when we start practicing on Wednesday. They did start practicing on Wednesday. Aaron Rodgers has missed practices. Aaron Jones, not much of an update. We'll see if he'll be able to play. He's still questionable. With all these ACL injuries that we mentioned, and I don't mean to laugh. It's not that I'm laughing at the 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 occurrences. It's just the situation and how unbelievable it really is. Robert Tunyon, out for the year ACL. Elton Jenkins, out for the year ACL. That's two. Make it three if you count David Bakhtiari, who's missed every game this season and the back end of last season with an ACL injury as well. But there was reports a few weeks ago he's making his way back to practice. He'll be ready in a couple weeks. That was almost a month ago. And so I asked Matt LaFleur, is David Bakhtiari set to return yet? There's certainly a plan, but not everything goes as planned all the time. So, um, yeah, he, he won't be out there this week. So we'll, we'll just see where he's at after the bye. And, and like I said, we're hopeful that, that he'll be able to come back this year. We have to get to a break. But we will revisit this in hour number two. It's Better Call Eversol. Tony G sitting in for Marcus Eversol right here on The Fan. The Fan. This is Better Call Eversol. Live on Sports Radio 1075 and 1400. The Fan. Yes, it is. Better Call Eversol. Marcus Eversol out today. He'll be back Monday. Tony G sitting in with you right here on Sports Radio 1075. And 1400 The Fan. I'll also be on Sportsline, which kicks off at 4 o'clock right after Better Call Eversol. That'll be with Chris and Harry, just like old times. As I mentioned, it's good to be back coming through the wavelengths to your radio, to your app, wherever you're listening to Better Call Eversol on The Fan. Good to be back. Good to sit into this studio and talk sports with you once again. Just talked Packers-Rams. And can't emphasize enough how big this game is. It's a huge game. All sorts of NFC conference standings right on this game. Cardinals right now in the one seat, but the Packers have that tiebreaker over them because if you remember, they went into Arizona and beat them on that Thursday night. So this is a huge game. Packers-Rams, chime in on Twitter at WDUZ. We ask you to predict the winner and the score for the Week 12 showdown at Lambeau between Packers-Rams. So interact with the show there. Call in 393-1075. I'll be taking phone calls this segment. If you want to talk Packers, go ahead. We'll talk. It's going to be all football this segment. I want to start talking about NFL Thanksgiving football, however. We'll start with, we'll just go in order. Chronological order of what happened. Bears got the win in Detroit 16-14. I mentioned this in the open. All sorts of news stories coming around about Matt Nagy and the Bears. One report in particular said he would lose his job in Chicago as the head coach of the Bears following the game Thursday, <laughs> today on Friday. And it looks like that's not happened. I mean, he saved his job by winning in Detroit, I guess. I don't know. If you ask me, from an unbiased sports media member standpoint, it's time for Matt Nagy to go. Mentioned this in the open when we went through the top stories and the headlines when we previewed Better Call Eversol in the open. I said this is the he is thirty-two and twenty let me just pull that up again. He's thirty-two and twenty-seven in his fourth season in Chicago. This year he has the worst offense out of all four of those years, just statistically. Thirty first ranked offense. Second to last offense 
in the National Football League this season. Doing that with talent all over the place. Allen Robinson, Mooney, a guy that they can use in the slot, spread out wide. Doing it with Justin Fields, the young and talented, big-armed quarterback, and yet the second-to-worst offense in the National Football League. It's just time for a change in Chicago. It is time for a change. Matt Nagy needs to go. I'm sure a lot of Packers fans aren't mad about it, even Vikings and Lions fans for the most part, because Matt Nagy, a lot of people would agree there's someone else who could be doing a better job in Chicago. But he saved his job. Is he deserving of saving his job? I don't know about that. I mean, it's not like he went into Arizona, beat the Cardinals. You know, it's not like they went and beat the Chiefs, even the Packers, for that matter. They they beat the Lions. He saved his job over a win in Detroit on Thanksgiving, and it wasn't even a 31-0 win. It wasn't a blowout, 48-14. He won by two points and a last-second field goal, and you're telling me he saved his job? (laughs) I guess. Okay. I'm not mad. Keep him around. Sign him to an extension for all I care. <laughs> that saved his career. The Lions fell to 0-10-1. Played 11 games this year. Haven't won one, but almost did against you? That should be costing you your job, if not anything else. Saving it? Okay, I guess. Keep him there. How about the Detroit Lions? Fourth loss of three or fewer points this season for Detroit. There have been a couple losses by one possession as well, a couple by 10 points. I mean, these have been all close games. It wasn't like the, what year did they go 0-16? Was that 2014, 15, 16? They all mesh together when you're talking about Lions and unsuccessful seasons. But point here being that it's not like that because they aren't getting blown out. This isn't a three-touchdown game. that they're Fourth loss by three or fewer points. You feel for them. You feel for them. Dan Campbell, if you remember when they lost, was that week one when they lost in a heartbreaker? And he was crying on the podium. You love his energy. You love his enthusiasm. I do like him in Detroit. I think that's a good fit. They need somebody like that. That motivative, motivational character that some that players can really buy into to get, not even just players, players, coaches, fans, that everyone can buy into as being the guy to change the tide in Detroit. I do think Dan Gamble's that guy. Give him a couple more years. It's just like the college coach thing. If you hire a college coach, give him at least three, four seasons. Three, four seasons to get new recruits in there, new athletes and skilled players to flip around a program. You gotta give him a couple years. I don't I don't think this is gonna be another unsuccessful hiring. They're gonna have to fire him in two years. Give him some time. Give him a couple of draft picks. Give him a few more free agencies to get a player or two, a wide receiver. And look at this Lions team bolster their way from fourth place in the NFC North to uh, maybe third. Okay, second game in the Thanksgiving round of games. Cowboys fell in that overtime thriller to Las Vegas. Last second field goal gave the Raiders the 36-33 win. It was a resurrection performance for Deshaun Jackson. How about all he's been through? Three receptions, 102 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown was the long 56-yarder from Carr to Jackson. And the Raiders eventually got the win in Dallas. And I mentioned this in the Open, too. We'll revisit it. Again, 393-1075. Get your takes on all things football. 
and on Twitter at WDUZ. This was, I mean, blatantly given to the Cowboys on a silver platter. I'm not saying the happenings in the game. I'm saying that the opportunity. You have another Thanksgiving Day game given to you at home, just like every year. That shouldn't change. I'm not saying that. But it's just primed times for you to find a win, to do what you have to do and beat a team. This was, I don't want to call it a trap game because that's obviously not what it was, and it's different in professional football than it is in college football. But this was the perfect opportunity. You get a struggling team who's been through everything under the sun this year, and you have the opportunity to beat them on Thanksgiving in front of the whole nation, and you pass it up. You lose in overtime. Why did that game even get to overtime? Dak is healthy. Zeke is healthy. CeeDee Lamb's in that lineup. Defensive Rookie of the Year, who a lot of people are calling. Micah Parsons in that defense. Why are you... What? Why are you losing this game? This game was given to you on a silver platter. And you passed it up and lost to the Raiders. Tough. Tough. I don't know what to tell you, Dallas. I don't know what to tell you. A lot of questions around the time management of Mike McCarthy. Of course, how can you not question decision-making? A lot of, and again, I said this in the open, and I want to reiterate it because I can't stress this point enough. You have to respect Mike McCarthy for all he did in Green Bay. And you also have to think that his firing, granted, he could have stayed the rest of the season when they did it, but his firing at the end of that season was the right time, needed a switch. Aaron Rodgers needed a new coach in the final couple years of his career. So you, you know, you thank Mike McCarthy, shake his hand for what he did in Green Bay and wish him the best of luck in the future. He goes and finds a job in Dallas. Wish him the best of luck once again. Say good luck. NFC East, not a very competitive division. Go ahead. Win it. And these same sort of issues are still present in Dallas that were present in Green Bay. And now, granted, Mike McCarthy isn't doing the play calling. He's given it away in Dallas. But still, these same issues. There's not a lot of separation from wide receivers on offense. There's not a lot of innovation It's just pure talent that gets the Dallas Cowboy offense by. And when talent is not paired with innovation, you're going to lose close games. When it's not paired with creativity, you're going to lose close games. When it's not paired with good coaching, good good time management, I should say, good decision-making, you're going to lose games. And that's what happened in Dallas yesterday. Dallas Cowboys fell. 36-33 to the Raiders in overtime. Last second field goals beating the Lions for the Bears and beating the Cowboys for the Raiders. Sunday night was not that same sort of game. (laughs) Not at all. Was not at all close. 31-6, the Buffalo Bills beat up on the Saints. I mean, they pounded them. Saints now fall to a four-game losing streak. Again, mentioned this in the open. I'll repeat it. No offensive identity since Jameis Winston has left. And even with Jameis, it was like, eh, eh, at best, eh. He goes down with an ACL injury, and now there's Trevor Simeon, and absolutely nobody to save that Saints offense. It is a brutal to sound like rookie on the Bill and Rookie experience on the mornings here on Sports Radio 107.5 and 1400, the fan. Brutal that Saints offense is. How about the Bills on the other side, however? Starting to regain confidence. They've had a few tough losses. 
to Tennessee, the Titans, the Jaguars, who would have thought they would have lost that game, and the Colts, they absolutely got pounded by the Colts. Now 7-4 and four atop the AFC East. Who's going to win that division? Talk about the divisions of the NFC East and the Cowboys. Talk about the NFC North with Lions, Bears, Packers, even Vikings. Who's going to win the AFC East looking on the other side of the conference? Sure, the Bills are now 7-4, and four, but so are the Patriots, and they still have a game to play this week. They, not to mention, both of those teams, Bills-Patriots, both have each other on the schedule twice. They have their two division games still coming up this season, one of them next week in Week 13 in the NFL. The Patriots are really finding their groove under Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Five straight wins now. Mac Jones is the seventh rookie quarterback to win four straight games with a passer rating over 100. He's starting to inch closer to that rookie completion percentage record of Dak Prescott from a few years ago. He's looking good. That's looking like the right pick in New England. Quite the impressive pick, if you ask me. Because everyone, the, the, the flashy picks the Trevor Lawrences, the Justin Fields, nobody was talking about Mac Jones as somebody who could find his way into a Rookie of the Year conversation, possibly. What he's doing in New England cannot be overlooked, and the Bears, everybody thought the, excuse me, not the Bears, the Bills, everybody who thought the Bills were going to win the division be the AFC favorite for a Super Bowl, it was unanimous that the Bills were going to win this division. A year where the Patriots finished 7-9 and nine last year. You throw an extra game on the schedule with a rookie quarterback and you think the Patriots aren't going to compete again this year. But they do. They are. Atop that division, not to mention with Jones playing well, the defense is starting to pick it up. They're one of the top five defenses in the NFL. I think they lead the, the NFL in defensive interceptions or maybe they're second. Point here being is that it is interesting football all over the place. And now back on the Packers-Rams discussion that we were having. We'll be visiting this this topic all day long. It's worth mentioning that when Matthew Stafford comes to Green Bay, he doesn't necessarily play, play his best football. Give me your thoughts. We have a few more minutes before we have to hit a break. 393-1075 talking Packers or all things football a day after Thanksgiving. Hope you had a good one. Hope you're having a good Black Friday. Does Matthew Stafford ever really play well in Green Bay? He seems to come to Lambeau, and granted, it's not the Lions anymore. It's not like he's playing where his best offensive weapon is, you know, Golden Tate from years past, just trying to throw players out there that Matthew Stafford has had to lie his hat on as being the true, talented, skilled players, the weapons, if you will, in Detroit. He's got weapons all over the place in Los Angeles, not to mention Oldale Beckham. We air that one commercial spot come into, coming into some shows here on The Fan where it says Odell Beckham is finally coming to Green Bay or he is actually coming to Green Bay. Rams play the Packers. I, I, like, the, I like the humor in that commercial, but it, it goes to show that there is talent in Los Angeles. The Rams with Matthew Stafford having some weapons. It's a healthy team. Cooper Cup. But does Matthew Stafford ever really play well when he comes to Lambeau Field? The Green Bay Packers always pick it up a notch in division play. Matt LaFleur has an unbelievable record against the NFC North. The one team that's been a thorn in his side has been the Minnesota Vikings. But Matthew Stafford, I guess to his to, to his credit, he's not in Detroit anymore. 
This is Los Angeles. This is a different team. This is a competitive team. And this is a team who has been slumping, who has been struggling, lost some games that I thought they could win or at least compete in, especially that San Francisco 49er game. But I guess if Team A beats Team B, then Team A will beat Team C. What I'm talking about here is if the Packers beat the 49ers and the 49ers beat the Rams, are the Packers going to beat the 49ers or the, 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 the Rams? I don't know. You can riddle me. <laughs> you can riddle me all sorts of ways on that one. But if you look at it, it's going to be cold, around 32 degrees, partly cloudy. I don't think there's a much chance. There's a high enough chance for precipitation to affect gameplay. It's going to be windy, however. Wind in the double digits, 14 mile per hour range. We'll see if that has any impact. But does Matthew Stafford ever play well in Lambeau? He comes here and he always struggles. The Packers know how to play him. They know all his strengths and weaknesses and how to play towards and against that. Something you definitely have to take in con- into consideration. Like I said, it's not the Lions, but it's still Matthew Stafford. It's still Lambeau Field. And even though the Packers are beat up, man, they need a bye week. They need a bye week bad. Even though they're beat up, this is this is a game that I think is very winnable for the Green Bay Packers. We'll be picking that. I want to make my formal pick in hour number two. I don't want to do it just yet. I think this is a very winnable game for the Green Bay Packers. I want all your thoughts on WDUZ on Twitter, Facebook. Call in 393-1075. A few more minutes before we have to get to a break. What this does to the NFC North and the NFC as a whole, to be honest with you, can't emphasize enough how big this game is. Packers 8-3. and three sitting in that second spot in the NFC behind the Arizona Cardinals. But if they were able to tie that record somehow, the Cardinals are 9-2, and two, Packers are 8-3. and three. Packers win out and the Cardinals lose just maybe one more game this year, then they have even records and the Packers get the tiebreaker because they beat them in Arizona. Heading into a bye week, this is a game you absolutely must have if you are the Green Bay Packers. You have to come out strong, win this game, come out fast, One thing that I noticed Matt LaFleur does a lot of are these pre-snap motions where it won't mean anything to the play. Just misdirection, just trying to catch the defense off guard, trying to get the one hole open, moving Randall Cobb from the right side to the left side, and then it's just a handoff. You have to be innovative. You have to keep that Rams defense on their heels. Aaron Donald is going to be a force I don't have audio from it, but Matt LaFleur said this week in preparations, does Aaron Donald scare you? Aaron Rodgers is hobbled. So is the rest of the team in the offensive line. If Aaron Donald's able to break through on two, three, maybe even four plays and get to Aaron Rodgers, does it scare you? And he goes, I'm terrified. I'm completely scared. And I don't blame him. Because, yes, you need to win this game. But what is more important than winning this game, heading into a bye week with a win, and still submitting an impressive enough resume to try to compete for that one seed in the NFC, is keeping the team healthy. Do what it takes to keep Aaron Rodgers and the rest of that Packer team healthy. That is my one ask. Christmas is right around the corner. You're going Black Friday shopping. We appreciate you listening to the fan. You know what I want for Christmas? A healthy Packers team. That's it. No coal, no warm socks to go to a Packer game. I want a healthy Packer team. 
Don't you? Tony G sitting in for Marcus Eversall on Better Call Eversall right here on The Fan. This is Better Call Eversall, live on Sports Radio 1075 and 1400 The Fan. Can that Packers team stay healthy this Sunday as they host the Los Angeles Rams, that scary defense that they have? Question that I should be asking is which defense are we going to get from the Green Bay Packers? Is it going to be that defense we saw three consecutive weeks before that Minnesota game where they gave up the 34 points on the loss? Are we going to get the defense that shuts out Russell Wilson? What defense are we going to see? I want to know that. Chime in on W on Twitter at WDUZ and on Facebook at WDUZ. Give us a call. I think we're out of time for callers in this hour. Hour number two, we got a big one. I'm having a time of my life. Tony G sitting in for Marcus Eversall. Appreciate everybody getting me here to this opportunity to sit in and have two hours uninterrupted, minus the commercial breaks, with you, Fan Nation. Hour number two, we're going to be talking about the Wisconsin Badgers into the weekend The basketball team got a huge win in the Maui Invitational Tournament. We'll be talking about that. The football team, big week coming up. Rivalry week in college football. Badgers head to Minnesota for the Axe. We'll be talking about that in segment number one. Segment number two, still going to be talking about Rams-Packers. That is the running theme throughout this show. And then segment number three, Wisconsin into the sports weekend. Even Bucks talk. I only get two hours with you, Fan Nation, so... I might as well take advantage of it and talk just about everything pertaining to Wisconsin sports. Hour number two coming up. I'm Tony G. Sitting in for Marcus Eversall. I tune in every day at 3 o'clock just to hear the nod to the New Age Outlaws, buddy. Oh, you didn't know. You better call somebody. That just hit me. You better call Eversall. He is in the perfect situation. I love it. You can call him up at 920-393-1075. Thank you, and you're welcome. (laughs) Call him up or call him out. Marcus, dude, how can you support this? If you want to talk sports, then you better call Eversall. Live on the fan. Filling in for Marcus Eversall. We're calling up the backup. That's right, a backup. No Marcus Eversall today. He's been off. Last time he was in was Tuesday. He'll be back next Monday. Tony G sitting in with you. Good to be back on Fan Radio Waves. Coming to Fan Nation. I was part of the Green Bay Game Day postgame show, as I mentioned in hour number one with Rookie. Was part of the fantasy show with Marcus and Eric Fisher, Big E. Was part of Sportsline on Fridays. All that before COVID, then COVID happened and Oh, what are you going to do? Good to be back filling in for Marcus Eversall. Been talking Packers all day long, talking football, and we will get back to it. But to start off our number two, I want to talk Badgers. They won the Maui Invitational Tournament just a few days ago, beating Texas A&M, beating Houston, and then beating St. Mary's. And what a couple of days it was. Monday, that 69-58 win over the Aggies of Texas A&M fought off the early 16-point deficit and were up by one at halftime. And when you're watching that first half develop, I was watching with a friend of mine, and he turned to me and he said, this is going to be a long season. (laughs) He said, said, it's going to be a long season. This is going to be a team that doesn't know how to play defense. 
And when they lost that Providence game, I was saying that their interior defense was just not there. Not to mention they only shot 5 of 27 from three-point range in that Providence game. So when you pair the bad shooting with the bad interior defense, I mean, it's not a very big team. There's no Frank Kaminsky. There's no Sam Decker. I mean, they got some tall guys, and I'll be naming off a few of them in a second, but they didn't play like it. It's a young, inexperienced team, and coming into this tournament, listening to the fan for a few days leading into this tournament, Matt LaPay was saying that this is a young, inexperienced team that nobody thinks has what it takes to get the win in this tournament. They're playing good teams. They're playing teams that shoot lights out. They're playing teams that are just farther along than the Wisconsin Badgers are. So the chances that they win this tournament aren't that great. It's not unlikely, but it's not that great. What do you know? They went ahead and they did it anyways. Tuesday, they got the 65-63 win over 12-ranked Houston. Coming into this game, Houston's a bigger team. This is a game that I for sure thought that, okay, well, the, the Badgers got through the Aggies, who, by the way, were shooting lights out to start that that game, which is why they had the 16-point lead over the Badgers. I thought for sure that Houston would come in, just play bigger, just play stronger than this young, inexperienced, not that really big of a Badger basketball team. They do have bigs, like I said, we'll get to that in a moment, but I didn't think they would get the win. They did 65-63 over Houston, advanced to the Maui Invitational Championship to play St. Mary's. And they were down, they had to fight back in this one too, 61-55. The win over St. Mary's, they won the entire tournament. Here's what I saw, and I'm starting to pick up on from this Badger team, this basketball team. Get to football in a moment. This basketball team. The defense really kicks on when they need it to. When they're down, Greg Gard will use a timeout. They'll they'll reconvene. They'll get a new game plan. They'll switch assignments. And then look out. Because when this defense gets rolling, I don't think enough people are crediting this defense for playing as a unit. That Providence loss, I said it and I stick by it. Their interior defense under the rim was not there. Just got bullied, got out-rebounded, got outplayed underneath the hoop. And from the arc, too, which is why Providence got that win. Then you look at this tournament, and it seems like the Badgers really understand their strengths and weaknesses. And when their weaknesses start to take over, that's when Garl use a timeout, they'll reassess, and they'll come back stronger than before. Defense really turns on when they need it to, that Badger defense. Here's some of these big names that I've wanted to mention. 6'9", Tyler Wall, a 6'7", Carter Gilmore, 6'9", Ben Carlson, and the 7-foot Chris Volt. These aren't the biggest of guys, and by biggest I mean they're pretty tall. They would uh, shadow me in the fan studios. I would be looking up to them, sure, of course. They're not the strongest of guys. I mean, they don't have the biggest of arms. They don't have the fleetest of feet I mean they aren't the smoothest players in the world but they're young they are young and as they figure it out at this level of play in college basketball playing against some of these great teams 12 ranked Houston an Aggies team that shoots absolutely bonkers in that first half shoots lights out this team knows how to step up when they need it and for the big players that I just mentioned Wall, Gilmore, Carlson and Vogt the team's best player by a mile is Johnny Davis, the 6'5 sophomore. Oh, my goodness. What does he drop? 15-plus in four straight games? 
Not to mention, what does he average? Six rebounds a game? That guy, he is so athletic. He's just a pure basketball player. By far the best player. Do I think he's going to get drafted? You know, he's just a sophomore. He could stick around for... I don't know that he'll get drafted. Maybe a lottery pick? Sure. He is the best player on a team that everybody thought would be Brad Davison, the 6'4 senior, who even though he scores a good amount, he finds himself in more of a facilitator role. Passing the ball around in this offense, getting guys the opportunities and the open shots that they need, getting it under the basket. He has three 15-point performances as well before yesterday or before Wednesday. And like his role and the role of uh, Johnny Davis, who has been absolutely lights out, how about the role of Chucky Hepburn? I like him coming in off the bench and, and finding his way. I don't even think he's a bench player, to be honest with you. Or caliber, I should say. Let me clear up that argument. I don't think he's I think he's a caliber to start. I like him. But for how good this Badger team looked, as good as they looked, you flip the channel to other college basketball, like UConn and Auburn. Or you flip to the game that just ended here, Dayton beating Kansas, four-ranked four Kansas by 1.7473. Are the Badgers, what's their ceiling? What's the ceiling of the Wisconsin Badgers? Are they a team that's going to be, I think if they keep winning like this and keep playing like this, they're definitely 100% going to find themselves in the March Madness tournament come around to spring. But are they a top 10 team in the country? They're unranked right now, but this tournament win, as impressive as it is, I don't know that they're a top 10 team. I think definitely top 25. They should be ranked moving forward for the next couple of weeks until they lose some bad games. If they do, not saying they will. Georgia State coming up on the schedule next. That is a Wednesday game. I don't know that this is a top 10 team. Like I said, you switch over to Auburn and some of these big, bad teams. My goodness, they play fast. Baylor got the win earlier today in college basketball in their tournament that they're playing. Some of these teams, these top 10 teams that are ranked, they just play quick and fast. It is the role of the Wisconsin Badgers in football to play that Big Ten style, that slow run the football, big offensive lineman, slow game, win it, a nasty one, you know, 21-17. I'm starting to think the basketball team is the same way. It is a chippy, scrappy team that... Kicks on the talent when they need it to. The defense, the offense, the shooting. When they need a big basket, they will get one. I don't know if this is a top 10 team. I mean, you look at some of those top 10 teams. My goodness, do they play fast? Do they play quick? Do they play big? Do they play strong? I'm not saying the Badgers can't, but they're inexperienced. Paired with the lack of strength that I see in comparison to some of these bigger teams, I don't know that I see the Badgers being a top 10 team. Top 25 for sure. And while we still have time in the segment, we'll visit the Badger football team. In a season where Graham Mertz has started to figure it out, and Braylon Allen really emerging as the number one running back, and he's 17. Did you hear? 17. Oh, my gosh. 17, and he's running like a 24-year-old. He's just built. He's strong. Downhill runner. Good luck tackling him. Good luck getting to him. Graham Mertz has really started to figure it out. After that Notre Dame game, I really started to call out some of these Badgers players for their play, and Graham Mertz was one of them. I thought they're leaving 
quite a bit on the table. I saw room for improvement that needed to happen if the Badgers wanted to compete and find themselves bowl eligible, and they did. They started to find it. It's still a team that has some kinks to it. They have some kinks to iron out. It's a team that I think can go into Minnesota. I definitely do, and this is not even about Wisconsin. This is just about Minnesota not being that good. Overrated, if you will. I mean, they're not even ranked, but still a lot of people look at them in respect. This is this is a completely winnable game for the Wisconsin Badgers to go in there, get the axe, and find yourself first place in the Big Ten West and then run into the... <laughs> the buzzsaw of Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. I think that's what's going to happen yet again this season. Talk about the ceiling for the basketball team. The ceiling for the football team is getting mowed down in the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> in, the, in the Big Ten Football Championship by Ohio State. Let me know what you think. Having a great time here filling in for Marcus Eversall. This is Better Call Eversall. Sports Radio 107.5, 1400. The fan, Tony G with you today. This is Better Call Eversol, live on Sports Radio 1075 and 1400, The Fan. I want some phone calls this segment. 393-1075, dial me up with your Packers takes heading into this weekend. Packers will host the Rams on Sunday. I want phone calls. I'm only going to get this one chance to fill in for Marcus. I want to take some phone calls. I'm going to do it all. I've played some audio. I'll be doing so in a minute. I'm going to get some phone calls. 393-1075, what you think on the Packers. Before we do that, weather into the weekend, currently 25 degrees Fahrenheit, not Celsius. Tomorrow, high of 34, low of 27, but then Sunday, what we're all waiting for, a high of 35, going to be 32 degrees at kickoff. Wind gusts, northwest 17 miles per hour, going to be a windy day for Packers Rams. Got some audio I want to play here for you. Talking about the Green Bay Packers and how in segment one, I mentioned how the wide receivers really stepped up when they needed to. Some Matt LaFleur audio. In that Sunday game, Matt LaFleur said Equinemius St. Brown had a great game. I echo that. I echo that take. Here's Matt LaFleur. Yeah, EQ did a heck of a job, not only on offense. I think that was pretty obvious, but on special teams as well. Um, yeah. I was- All right, fair enough. Matt LaFleur talking about the confidence he has in Mason Crosby in the field goal unit. I tweet this out. Follow me on Twitter at Tony G Nation. I tweet this out after every Packer game I have since I was on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show with a rookie. I tweet out my three postgame thoughts, and one of them for the last couple of weeks has been, I've said it before and I'll say it again, on the field goal unit, let's figure it out. Matt LaFleur says he has confidence in him. I just, you know, uh, that's just, we're still working through that whole process of, it's not, it does, that never falls squarely on one individual. Uh, we, our operation has got to improve and that's from the snap to the hold to the kick. So we'll continue to work on that. And then, you know, um, but certainly have a lot of confidence in Mason never would have sent him out there if we didn't on a 54 yarder and he came through. So uh, I just think that shows the level of confidence that we have him in not only in him, but that entire group to go out there and, and execute. And they did a great job on that one. And then certainly you got to make the chip shots. You, you know, we can't do that on a 31-yard attempt. Certainly right. It doesn't fall on one player. And I'm not calling out Mason Crosby. I'm just saying the unit as a whole. Let's figure it out. 
these are kicks you got to be making. I mean, you make that kick in the Minnesota Viking game, and you have the lead, 34-31, and so the Vikings get the 34-31 win on the last second field goal. Yeah? All right. Talking about the Los Angeles Rams coming to town, Matt LaFleur has some Sean McVay connections, as does a lot of coaches in the NFL these days. He talks about the relationship he has with him as well as Joe Barry in the mix. No big deal. There's times where you can probably overanalyze, um, but I would say that, you know, Joe obviously is is worked with Sean for a long time in, in L.A., and, you know, me coming from a similar background and working with Sean, um, but I think that sometimes gets overblown and sometimes you – you outthink yourself and, and, um, or outsmart yourself. And you just gotta, you gotta trust what you see on tape. You gotta trust what you know about your team and try to put the guys in the best position as possible and go out there and execute. Three, nine, three, one, zero, five, one, one, oh, seven, five, one, zero, seven, five, try to throw zero in there and get all smart on you. But three, nine, three, one, oh, seven, five. Let me get your takes on Packers heading into the weekend. Here's Matt LaFleur again. Rams offense is just a balance of Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. You know, I, I think there is a good balance. Certainly, I buzz their tape, you know, especially some of the big plays that they're able to present on, on a weekly basis. But to sit there and really dissect it, uh, that doesn't really happen much during the season until you get into the actual game planning process, which is what we're about to do right now. I said this in hour number one. I'm going to pick the game in a second. I want you to as well give us a call at the fan. I couldn't stress enough in segment number one, and I still can't, how big of a game this really is on Sunday for Packers, Rams, whole all sorts of NFC conference implications here in, in terms of one seed, who's going to host in the playoffs. Cardinals currently have the number one at 9-2. and two. Packers behind them at 8-3, and three, but they have the tiebreaker because they beat the Cardinals in Arizona on that Thursday night. And if the Rams get the win here, they're in the mix as well, not to mention the Buccaneers. This is a huge, huge game on Sunday. For the Packers heading into the bye week, you want that momentum. You want that that happiness. And I, I don't mean to be so cheesy about that term, but you want that looser atmosphere in the locker room as you head into the bye week so everybody can get healthy and come back and make this last push for the rest of the season. Here's Matt LaFleur talking about how big of a game this really is on Sunday. Everybody's well aware of where we're at, how important each game is. I mean, we're almost into December now. Uh, we're going against one of the premier teams in the National Football League, a team that we know that, um, I mean, they're, they're most likely going to be right there at the end of it. And so we, we need to play our best ball. So I think it's pretty easy to get up for a game like this in terms of just we need everybody's best in order to go out and beat this football team. That's absolutely true. That's a great point. Way to put it, Matt LaFleur. You need everybody's best. You have to step up. What happens here? It's almost like the Bill Belichick thing in, in New England, next man up, right? The Packers are going through one of these seasons where everybody is injured. You just close your eyes and think, who is next? Oh, my goodness. You just hate to see all these sorts of injuries, and especially in a season where Packers are playing really good football. Defense is playing extraordinary as well. Aaron Rodgers is doing Aaron Rodgers-type things. A.J. Dillon has the second year just rolling through guys. Aaron Jones, if he could be healthy. The goal here is to stay healthy moving forward. But like Matt LaFleur said, who's going to step up and be the the, the guy 
that really propels this team to get this huge win heading into the bye and propels this team to hopefully a division, hopefully the one seed in the NFC. I want to pick this game. I want you to pick it as well. Follow us on Twitter at WDUZ. We currently have a question up asking for you to predict the winner and the score for Week 12. And I'm going to choose this one because it echoes exactly what I'm going to say. Tone Zone. I don't know if this is a whole Tony thing. You know, Tony G selling in for Marcus Everson. Tone Zone. Tone Zone, excuse me, replies to the tweet and says, Packers 24, Rams 20. Another ugly win for the good guys. That is exactly what I have in my notes, Tone. I say Packers 22-20 over the Rams, a scrappy win for a scrappy team. That is exactly, exactly what Aaron Rodgers says after seemingly every win. He's done it for the last couple of years, but it just has that echo effect this year with other years because it's so true. It's just a scrappy team. We're not going to apologize for winning these games by however many we may win. We're going to go in, and we're going to get the win. They haven't done it last week, but, you know, injuries, things of that nature on the road in Minnesota, a place they don't usually play that well. Look at that Cardinal game. It was, again, an NFC West team, so that's part of the reason why I think it's going to be the same type of game, just a scrappy win for a scrappy team against the Rams on Sunday. That's a competitive division, the point here with the NFC West. Go into Arizona and get that win? That last second interception by Razul Douglas? It's just going to be a scrappy game, a scrappy win for a scrappy team, finding ways to get guys open in the end zone. There's going to be a lot of A.J. Dillon in this game, although it can't be too much because if he gets injured too, then you practically have no running backs. I mean, you, do, you will have one if Dylan gets injured. Let's just keep everybody healthy. Let's hope Jones, Matt LaFleur, who played that audio in the first hour of the show, Matt LaFleur says we'll see on Aaron Jones for Sunday against the Rams. So I guess we will see. Scrappy win for a scrappy team, like I mentioned in the back end of hour number one. Are we going to get the defense that shuts out Russell Wilson at home? The defense for Kevin King to... to Kenny Clark stepping up. Kenny Clark has been playing out of his mind, by the way, on that defensive line. For guys like that to step up and especially Eric Stokes in the absence of Jair Alexander getting thrown into a starting role as pretty much the number one running the the number one cornerback after the Jair injury as a rookie for Eric Stokes. And he's played very exceptional too. I mean, he's had his you know, he's had his work cut out for him. We're going against Justin Jefferson or DK Metcalf for the last couple of weeks. He's done great. I like that young kid. He's a stud. He is a stud. But who's going to step up and get this scrappy win for the Green Bay Packers? Starting fast is an emphasis. That's what Matt LaFleur says. They got off to a good start in Minnesota, but then stalled out. We were pretty excited about that. Anytime you get a 40-yard completion or whatever it was to, to Devontae and then for it to stall out like that um, was a little disappointing. Um, but, you know, Mason came through, made a big kick, and then, you know, we just we got, we got to get stops. And our defense has done a great job of that all year long. And, um, unfortunately, we got behind too much yesterday. You know, it's never – when you're playing in somebody else's home and against a really good football team, one of, in, in my opinion, one of the more talented teams in this league – 
you got to make sure that you don't get behind like that. I mean, it's tough to rebound from a two-score game. And for our guys to kind of rally and show that resiliency and battle and, and be able to take the lead uh, was encouraging. But we then we got to finish. But I think, to your point, uh, definitely have to do a better job of getting going um, earlier in the game so we don't put ourselves in that position. I really like how Matt LaFleur works his offense. He is just... I don't want to call him a genius just yet, but that guy is a genius. When it comes to offensive play designs, there was that one option play where it was the handoff to Randall Cobb, and then Cobb was it was the third and one, working towards the left side. Randall Cobb, it was that option play. A.G. Dillon was behind him, but the focus was on Cobb with the handoff, and defenders from the Vikings were closing in on him, and he just flips the ball backwards, laterals it to A.J. Dillon, and Dillon picks up the first down. Here's Matt LaFleur talking about that play. Well, you know, we, we study a lot of tape and uh, we, I would be lying to you if, if there weren't other teams that have ran that play. Um, that's just kind of the way this league works quite a bit. So, but uh, Justin out and did a great job of finding that one. And uh, I know Cleveland ran it earlier this year and so did the Niners uh, a year ago. Um, I'm sure there's other teams that probably ran similar plays to that, but uh, it was just one of those situations that we had, in for a short yardage situation and um, certainly have a lot of trust in Randall to be able to go out there and execute it and, and, and as well as the other 10 guys, but certainly he, he gets the, the bulk of the responsibility for the ball handling in that situation, not only making a great decision, but executing the pitch. So, um, but no, you got to give uh, J.O. a lot of credit for finding that play. I want to hone in on what he said there taking plays from other teams he said I'd be lying if if another team didn't run that play earlier this year it wasn't just that play however there was also that under end around with Randall Cobb uh, and the EQ handoff EQ had a, had a good game stepping up we just played the honor from Matt LaFleur on him let's hone in on that idea borrowing plays from other teams is that really a crime there's so much in the league especially the teams that you know you really respect and you know, um, that you, you kind of buzz their tape real quick and see if you can come up with something off of maybe something that they did or, you know, that fits within your scheme. But I think that goes around everywhere. Uh, it's uh, very few of us are, are that creative enough to, to come up with it on our own. But every now and again, we do. And so, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of ball out there and that's something we'll always continue to do is try to study and make sure we come up with the best schemes for our guys to go out there and and try to put up a lot of points. So let's see what Matt LaFleur has up his sleeve going against his old protege in Sean McVay on Sunday. What does he have drawn up? Like I said, it's going to be a scrappy win. He's got to have something. You don't want to do the Bill Belichick where you don't show your entire hand because if you play them later in the playoffs, you don't want to have to come up with a play on the fly in, in the week preparing for that game. So let's see what the Packers do to get this win. Taking phone calls all day, 393-1075 on Twitter at WDUZ. We have a, a Twitter question up asking you to pick for us who's going to win the game, Packers, Rams, and what's the score going to be? Tony G sitting in for Marcus Eversall. Better call Eversall right here on the fan. Got a couple more segments coming up. Had the time of my life for the first hour and a half. Let's close it strong. Better call Eversall on the fan.
This is Better Call Ebersole, live on Sports Radio 107.5 and 1400, The Fan. Tony G sitting in for Marcus Ebersole on Better Call Ebersole today. This is Sports Radio 107.5 and 1400, The Fan. Good to be here. Good to be filling in for Marcus today. We've talked all things Packers, talked NFL Thanksgiving football, and then some. Even talked Badgers in the first segment of this hour. Let's talk Wisconsin sports into the weekend. Finishing the show on a high note, filling in for Marcus Eversall today. Bucks 11 and 8. Haven't talked to them too much today. They are on a win streak heading into this weekend. They're going to head to Denver, play the Nuggets, who are 9 and 9. That is an 8 p.m. tip-off tonight. Sunday, if you want to do some flip back and forth action between the Packers game and the Bucks, Bucks head to Indiana, play the Pacers, who are 8 and 12. 4 p.m. tip-off time. And then Badgers. Badgers basketball doesn't play until Wednesday, and that's at Georgia Tech, 8 p.m., 8.15 tip-off time. That action will be right here on the fan. This Saturday, Badgers football 8-3, 6-2 conference record. Take that to Minnesota to play the 7-4, and 5-3 conference record of the Gophers. That is a 3 p.m. kickoff tomorrow for the Axe Trophy. That action will be right here on Sports Radio 107.5, the fan. Don't forget Packers. 325 kickoff versus the Rams at Lambeau. My pick, Packers 22-20. What do you think, Fan Nation? Give us a call, 393-1075. We're going to back up this action on Black Friday, a better call ever saw with Sportsline from 4 to 6. Chris and Harry will be in. I'll be sitting in for that as well. Let me know what you think. Like I said, huge NFC implications on the line in this game. Packers sit at 8-3 and three right now atop the NFC North. The Bears, 4-7. and seven. Lions, 0-10 oh with the one tie. And then the Vikings sit at second place, 5-5. Five and five. Packers, the only team over 500 in the division. But the Vikings, one of those three losses for the Packers. Just came last Saturday. Rams, let's take a look at their division they sit in second place at seven and three the cardinals at nine and two have the first place seeding in not just the nfc west but the entire nfc number one in the in the conference right now 49ers five and five seahawks three and seven to round off that division buccaneers at seven and three as well cowboys seven and four that's the competition for the one seed for the packers in the nfc been waiting for a phone call all day long and you just don't want to give me the phone call that's okay i'll take the time i'll only fit in for marcus eversall so many times so i'll take the time to continue to discuss packers which defense are we going to see and you want to talk about you know and, and, I, and i've pointed this out that are we going to get the packers defense that shuts out the seahawks at home or are we going to get the packers defense that allows 34 points and a couple big plays to the minnesota vikings last Sunday. Of course, there's been injuries all over the place. Jair being injured doesn't help anybody. Rashawn Gary, his injuries. Merciless has even been injured a few times. Merciless, not a few times. He torn biceps. The BJ Raji injury is what Merciless is dealing with. He's done for the year. Not to mention that. How about the penalties? All over the place for the Green Bay Packers. Not playing their cleanest football Recently, what Packers team are we going to see in that Minnesota game? 
Packers came in the least penalized team in the league. Vikings were most penalized, and it was flip-flop. Not too many calls on the Vikings. And the Packers, on the other side, got penalized seemingly every drive. There was at least one penalty. Here's Matt LaFleur talking about the penalties. Too many of them in Minnesota. It's just one of those things that happened. Unfortunately, you know, we pride ourselves on being disciplined. Certainly, there's a couple that, uh, you know, you got to make sure that you avoid. I think some of them are just kind of it happens in the heat of the battle. Uh, the the penal I'm talking about is we can't have 12 men on the field. That that is, like I said yesterday, that's that's inexcusable. Um, certainly, when you're rushing the quarterback, you got to do your best to lower your strike zone. Um, and you know the other ones were called, and that's just the way it it was. Man, think about those interceptions that. What could have been for the Viking for the Packers in Minnesota against the Vikings? That huge interception early, Kyle or excuse me, Kirk Cousins threw to Darnell Savage. Savage picked it off, but the penalty negated that interception by Kingsley Kiki. And it was the right call. I mean, it was helmet to helmet, face mask to helmet. Not much Kingsley Kiki could have done in that play, but it was still a penalty. It still negated what would have been a turnover, an interception, would have gave the Packers the ball. Down by one possession instead of two. Vikings go on and score. And next thing you know, all the momentum in their favor. That wasn't the only interception that was negated. This one by a penalty. The other one from Darnell Savage was just overturned. Here's Matt LaFleur talking about that Darnell Savage interception. Man, oh man, what could have been? Yeah, no, I I think there's there's a lot of similarities there. So, uh, again, it's just something that we have to get clarification on in terms of you know, does it matter the area of the field? Are you in the end zone? Does, does it count? If you're, if you're in the field of play, does it not count? It's just one of those that I don't particularly understand. He was comparing to the Kevin King interception against Seattle. Listen, the rules are the rules. I, I get it. Matt LaFleur knows that. I'm not calling him out against that. But just in perspective here, not working in favor of the Green Bay Packers last week, I'll tell you that much. What's going to happen on Sunday? Scrappy win for a scrappy team, I say, in cold weather, 32 degrees at kickoff for the Packers over the Rams. Been playing audio all day. Might as well keep it going. Heading into a bye week and all the injuries that there is, do these injuries in the upcoming bye week at all have a decision on each other on what to do with them? I don't know how to answer that. Uh, I think that there's some of that that potentially could come into play. Um, but if if they are healthy and, and cleared to go, then certainly we're not going to hold them back. The Elton Jenkins injury, ah, oh, man, just tough to see. I mean, the Packers are already beat up as it is, and to just continue tacking on injuries? Oh, my goodness. Well, here's Matt LaFleur talking about Yash Nijman, the backup in that offensive line who took over after Elton Jenkins had to step aside with the ACL injury. Here's Matt LaFleur on the experience that Nijman has taken over. I think every time that a guy goes out there and is able to perform at a high level and you, you just see their their confidence build, and I think that is so important in this game, I think in shooting life, but uh, especially in the game of football, when you see guys that are confident out there, that are, are they're able to execute at a higher level. And I think Yash has – all the traits you look for in an offensive lineman. I mean, he is, he's big, he's athletic, he can bend, he's, he's strong, powerful, everything. It's just about putting it all together on a consistent basis. 
and quickly hear the last piece of audio that we'll use. How does the loss of Elton Jenkins affect the game plan moving forward regarding Yash Nijman? Well, I think every week you kind of look at your... Let's try that one more time. Well, I think every week you kind of look at your opponent and, and who they have going to get, you know, what you're going against, not only schematically, but per, from a personnel perspective as well. And anytime you're playing a, a team like the LA Rams that has multiple uh, dynamic pieces on their defensive line, um, you know, it, it presents some challenges that, uh, and it definitely influences how you game plan and, and the things that you're going to ask your players to do. So we've been talking about the Packers versus the Rams and, talking about the Green Bay Packers what is their schedule like and going against the Rams following up with a bye week what comes up with the schedule moving forward for the Green Bay Packers what's their ceiling this season sitting at eight and three right now after this Rams game on Sunday and the bye week they host the Chicago Bears that'll be a Sunday night game week 14 here at Lambeau follow that up they'll head to Baltimore play the Ravens you never know which Ravens team you're going to get then on Christmas, they come home, play the Browns. If you're in the area, come on out to Lambeau. Or tune in to the fan for the Green Bay Game Day pre- and pro game show on Christmas. Then Week 17, Vikings. Again, tough. Packers will have the Vikings at home in that Week 17 game. Week 18, they head to Detroit. And again, we saw the Detroit Lions just last night against the Chicago Bears. 0-10 with that one tie. Nothing too impressive for the Detroit Lions. Ceiling for the Packers. I think they're going to win some games. They got a real chance moving forward. It all starts on Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams, the dark and daunting Rams team, although they've lost the last couple of games. Not the most impressive of squads coming in, not the scariest of squads, but they're big, they're strong, they're fast, they're well-coached. Talk about which Packers team are you going to see. Which Los Angeles Rams team are you going to see? You're going to see the team that loses to the Titans, loses to the 49ers heading into a bye week? Or are you going to see the Rams team that looked like they were one of the better teams in the league to start the season? What Rams team are you going to see? What Packers team are you going to see? We're going to take a commercial break, bring it back. When we come back, I want to speak to some of you. 393-1075. Tony G sitting in for Marcus Eversall on Better Call Eversall. Our last break already. Where has the time gone? Time flies when you're having fun. This is The Fan, Sports Radio 107.5 and 1400. This is Better Call Eversol, live on Sports Radio 107.5 and 1400, The Fan. Better Call Eversol on a Friday afternoon. Tony G sitting in for Marcus Eversol today. Had a great time. Hope you did as well, Fan Nation. I want to thank everybody for giving me the opportunity to sit in for Marcus on this Friday afternoon. Better call ever so. We have hammered the Packers and the Rams. But while I have time, I want to make one last argument that I alluded to earlier on in the show. Matt Nagy is still the coach in Chicago. What is going on? That has to be one of the most mismanaged teams in all of professional sports. Reports coming out all week long, and you can talk about whether they're accurate or not, on if Matt Nagy would retain his job in Chicago. Reports saying that he would be fired today, Friday, Friday morning. 
regardless of whether he won or lost. Well, they come out, they get the win in Detroit, but it was by two points on a last-second field goal. It wasn't like they absolutely swept the, swept the floor with a, a winless Lions team. His job was saved on the foot of Cairo Santos. And you're going to keep him around. Now, there's no saying that he won't be fired later tonight or through the weekend or even later on this season. But for the time being, he's still in Chicago. Packers fans rejoice, I suppose. Go ahead. Keep him. Keep him. I'll let you. More on the Packers. Like I said, I've been saying it all day long. been pounding this. Scrappy win for a scrappy team coming up on Sunday. Packers are going to get the win 22-20. That is my pick. Well, we have time remaining. You are more than welcome to call. 393-1075. Give me your opinion. We have a question up on the Twitter where we ask you to predict Sunday's game with your score and winner. It's been a fun time talking Packers. I've absolutely loved it. Played a whole bunch of audio from Matt LaFleur. Heard from Aaron Rodgers earlier in the show. I don't know what this toe thing is for Rodgers. I mean, I do know. It's a fractured toe. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what really happened. All I know is I hope it goes away soon. Aaron Rodgers is the lifeblood of this team. You saw it when Jordan Love was out and I again mentioned this in the first segment of the show that you can't fault Love for that loss in Kansas City. But if Rodgers cannot continue, and he's going to, he's a tough guy. Like we heard Matt LaFleur say earlier in the show, he's going to fight through this injury. You hope Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy. You hope the rest of the team can stay healthy and get a win. Like I said, I don't. it doesn't matter necessarily to me if they get a win in prioritizing this. I want, I need, you need to win if you're the Packers. Heading into a bye week, you have to get that mojo. Heading into a week where you're going to be able to recalibrate and get some healthy players back. Hopefully. But I prioritize that health over winning this game at all costs. I mean, what, what does this game matter if you're going to lose one, maybe two big players? Keep the squad healthy. Like I said, it's Black Friday across the United States of America. Thanksgiving was yesterday. Hope you had a good one. Hope you're having a good Black Friday today. Thank you for tuning in while you are doing your shopping. Like I said, all I want for Christmas, don't need new Packers socks. I don't, need, I don't even need a Packers win right now. All I want is a healthy Packers team. With that being said, we only have about a minute and a half left. How about the Badgers? Wisconsin football heading to Minnesota for an axe. Bringing home Paul Bunyan's axe. That's the hope for a Badgers team that has righted the ship this season. Started a little rocky. Granted, they did play good teams. The Michigans, the Notre Dames. But for a team that has absolutely righted the ship behind the young arm of Graham Mertz and the even younger, using my college vocabulary here, even the younger Braylon Allen, 17 years old. He's barely old enough to drive, and he's running over Division I college athletes. Listen, it's going to be an interesting weekend throughout Wisconsin sports. The Bucks even play twice. Nuggets tonight. Pacers on Sunday. That'll be a 4 o'clock tip-off, so you'll be able to switch back and forth between that and the Packer game on Sunday afternoon. Look forward to all the stuff in Wisconsin sports. Once again, thanks to everybody who allowed me to sub in for Marcus Eversall on Better Call Eversall. 
Thank you to Fan Nation for listening, tuning in, interacting. It was a fun time. It was a very fun time. It's been all too long since I've been on the Fan Airwaves last. I look forward to the next opportunity. And I tell you what, that next opportunity, let's not wait too long. Let's do it again soon, Fan Nation.